0: To the Thunder Buddies podcast, I am Joe Masato. I am joined today and always by Joel Lorenzi. Joel, how is Los Angeles?
1: It's dope, man. I, I love these big cities, bro. And I, I know I'm from Chicago and all that, but like when I when I come to these big cities, maybe it's because I, I don't live out here. I'm just I'm so grateful to be in like Miami, L.A. It's it's dope. You you and me get different things out of these places for sure.
0: So the Lakers game last night, Thunder lost. Uh we're recording Tuesday afternoon ahead of the Clippers game. Uh, Lakers have proven to be kind of a tough matchup, you know, for the Thunder and have played really well against the Thunder. Okay, they didn't shoot the ball great, but first before we get into the game, what what uh what was the atmosphere like at I, I keep wanting to say Staples, but the Crypt and The uh, Crypt. Yeah. What did you
1: think of the crypt? It was fire, bro. It's it's weird because, I mean, they could call it whatever they want, but you, the general picture is always the same. The visual is always the same. Okay. The, the bright yellow um, stripes along the court, um, the the purple stars that, you know, line the court, the, the big old, you know, section. They got a, a full section of retired jersey numbers uh, up top. It's just all the lore, all the um, visuals are just so dope. Um, I don't know that I saw a ton of celebrities there yesterday. I also wasn't looking for them. There was one shorty. She's like, uh, she was in power. I, I forget her name. And she was in girlfriends too. Me and Danny were actually looking at this uh, during the game yesterday. That, that was the one person I recognized. I don't know. Were, the the actual, uh, what's that award show? The Emmys, is it? Is that when we were
0: last night across the street?
1: Right? The Emmys were across the street. So I imagine a, a good chunk of people were there instead of the Laker game. But, the crib staples, um, it's just super dope. Uh, it was just insane to be there, especially because, um, for those who don't know, like I grew up a, a big Kobe guy, like just seeing that court from afar, like it's just it's obviously tied to so many memories. So to see it up close is like wild.
0: What were some of your takeaways from the game?
1: Yeah. Um, kind of what you mentioned. Um, I won't be super reactionary about it. I think, uh, you know, some will debate if Shea should have even played after all because you know he was dealing with a right knee injury, um, you know, lingering from that Orlando game and, and this team has been pretty fortunate on the health side. Um they haven't missed a ton of games. He's only missed one game this year. Um yesterday would have marked two if he would have missed it. Um and so, you know, you could argue like whether there was some lingering um, feelings there, um because and this is crazy I wrote this, um but you know, he, he ended up with 24 points, 9 for 19 shooting, uh, 1 for 5 from 3. And when you look at his general stat line, it's like, this is a good night for most players. Um, but, I mean, just the the consistent, uh, constant muscle he's been for this team leaves that a night like that to be, like, below standard, which is pretty crazy the kind of season he's had and, I mean, just speaks to his level of consistency. Um, but I think you could I think you could see uh, the parts of his night that were off. Um, it looked less like the East Coast trip where he's missing the shorter jumpers that he's known for. It's 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 more so um, you know getting stopped in the in the gap or uh, yeah. you know joining the rest of the team and chucking three, You know being part of that that uh, I think they shot fifteen for for forty nine from three, which is a, a wild number by the way. Um, but he was one for five, so he he partook in that and he partook in you know. Um, The ball sticking and, and, you know, kind of letting the Lakers dictate the game and, uh, you know, dictate their their shot um, diet with just a general physicality, which I think is, um, you know, some of what makes people wary about the Lakers, whether that's a playoff series, a season series, just as a general matchup because of the physicality, because of a player like A.D., because of their general length and size, um, especially when you consider, you know, OKC is probably the small ball team amongst the good teams and, and with how much they double down on that. So
0: Yeah, you know, you, you mentioned the five threes he took. That's an uncharacteristic amount for Shea. And that's that to me was maybe a sign that his legs weren't all the way there. Uh just when he's settling for those shots. I I'm I'd be curious to like know. I mean, we would never know, but if this was a game at I like to pick on Charlotte, say at Charlotte, you know, instead of at the Lakers, at Staples. I, I'm not I'm not sure he plays, although, I mean, I have no idea what I'm talking about, but it just feels like a spot he didn't want to miss.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and I thought I honestly thought I mean, I don't know why I thought this because um, I, I just don't know. a ton about the Thunder that the Thunder's uh, excuse me, Tennessee's yet. Um, But I don't know why I thought he would if you were going to sit one game, I thought it could have been. Yesterday, of the two, because obviously the Clippers are a force. Um, they're higher up in the standing. They're actually in a relevant place in the standing in the, in the playoff picture right now. Not super far because that top top half is um, all pretty bunched together. Like, they're not all far from each other. I think they're sitting at fourth right now. So, that is, of the two games, more important. Um, so, I thought if they were going to sit him one game, it would be yesterday. He would play today. Um, we're talking on a Tuesday before the Clipper game. Um, but I mean, I don't, I, I don't know that it's in, based on the year they've had, like health wise, um, availability wise, I'm not sure it was ever in the cards to, to sit him. I think they're, they're milking this thing the the fortune they've had. And, um, I don't know. I can't get a good grip on how they view that. Now that ambitions have, have changed and, um, you know, first seed versus second seed, third seed, like they these are the conversations they're having and, and they actually matter now.
0: Yeah, not only team ambitions, but player ambitions with with the new 60 <clears> game <throat> policy. Like if you're sort of on the fence about playing, you, you might you might lean to play this year where you won at other when you're chasing things like MVP, All-NBA. Um, and, all NBA. That's fair.
1: And and also to be fair, their own comp- he him and Embiid, which is like the guy that will like catch some in the shade. These conversations like they're on the other end of the spectrums in terms of availability this year and, and um, choosing what games to play if, if if Embiid is choosing or if the staff is choosing because we all know the narrative now that's developed where like Embiid is like a Charlotte killer and we're just this, this pod hates Charlotte but he's like the Charlotte killer and, and then we'll like sit against Denver or something like that so.
0: I don't want to preview the Clippers matchup because um, it's going to be outdated by the time you listen to this, but mm-hmm. you mentioned their relevance in the West um, after like that dreadful few games start post-Harden trade. They have just been playing really good basketball. Their guys have <clears> been <throat> healthy for the most part. They've got a lot of depth. Some of their uh, role players really you know, excelled even behind Kawhi, PD, and, and Harden. Um really does the power rankings every week. The Clippers are fifth. Joel Lorenzi, the uh, basketball club you cover is first. Uh, pretty pretty crazy. Number one in the uh, NBA Power Rankings, Oklahoma City Thunder.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and I thought the, the first time they did this, which I think was the the last ranking, um, I thought it was easier to see even amid some of the, the East Coast trip struggles. You know, they were still – that Boston one, I think, whoever – I mean, I don't even know who's doing – these rankings, it could be some dude in like a boiler room with like a wife beater on and like open toes sandals, and he gets like two ham sandwiches a day and like. A, Why are you a...
0: driving me right now? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Cause I hate the way you live. I want better for you, but the, this dude in a boiler room, like I don't, I, I don't know what his criteria is, um, but I don't know. I, I think it made more sense the last time they did the rankings, um, and now it's like. I don't know. I mean, they're they're still a very good team, but if these rankings are supposed to be prisoner at a moment, I do wonder what the boiler room guy has seen to be like. Okay, he's firmly they're firmly still above Boston, even though they beat them. Like I I understand the logic there. Like they beat them, but I don't know that win that win as good of a win as it was. Boston made that charge at the end, and that that's sort of what leaked into the East Coast trip and the effort there and some of that. So I just. I wonder, like, what's kept Boiler Room Guy from putting them at number two or, or number three where it, feel, it feels like they were for a long time?
0: Yeah, I, I think we're probably putting too much stock into it. I, I'm not a big NBA power rankings guy because I don't really see the need for power rankings when you play 82 games. And it's like, you know, the, the record basically, you know, dictates that. Uh, and we've got other data to support that. But uh, I get that it's, you know, fun to talk about the Thunder are. Top's in the West when when you look at um, point differential, I, I could see them being behind Boston or or Philly, but I'm not I'm not all too concerned. I, I mean, it'd be no fun if you just sorted teams by standing, so I guess here we are. No doubt. All right, Joel. Um, let's get to some midseason player grades. So, just to let the listeners know here. I am going to have a column come out sometime on Wednesday um, doing midseason player grades. So Thursday, the Thunder plays at the Jazz. I think that will be game 41. So we're going to be exactly halfway through the 82-game NBA schedule. Um, Joel, I I wanted to uh, get a head start on my column. Um, I am going to do grades for every guy on the roster because I'm a sicko. But for now... I'm gonna do the top eight rotation players, the the five mm-hmm. speakers, plus Isaiah Joe, Casein Wallace, Kinrich Williams, and I wanna I want you to tell me if I'm on the right track.
1: Okay, and, then, and of course you're using me to to ghostwrite your story. That's cool, whatever.
0: Well, you know, this is you know instead of calling you and say, hey Joe, what do you think of this grade? Should it be higher? Should it be lower? You know. We might as well record this and uh that's true that's true have everyone listen in. So, all right, I'm starting at the top. Okay. Shay gilders Alexander. Also, pluses and minuses are in this thing, so A plus A minus whatever. I'm giving right, Shay I hope a, so. I'm giving Shay an A+. plus. I just I I can't bring myself to give him anything other <clears> than <throat> that. 31.3 points, career high 56% shooting, 5.8 rebounds, career high 6.3 assists. Leads the NBA in steals with 2.3 per game. Um, If you want to quibble about something, I I think it's free throws being down from, you know, almost 11 attempts per game to nine is like a thing that, you know, kind of stands out when you look at him year over year compared to last year. But to me, um, he's not only maintained the pace that he was on last year, but he's gotten even better this year, which seemed impossible. So I give an A plus to SGA.
1: No, I agree. Um, I mean, the season we're seeing from from this dude. I mean, to to be elevated to MVP talks, I imagine what what grade can you put for an MVP candidate relative to their team, other than than A plus, right? Like, I guess maybe if a guy's like fifth in the MVP race, and you're like relative to the league landscape, maybe you can give him an A, an A minus at worst. Uh, but like this. He's had an A plus season. Um, he's been the engine, um, like we talked about. He's been the engine for a team that has made a wild leap. That has, you know, visiting media in every on every road trip. Like, what what is it about this team? Like, what what happened? And and they don't really have any answers other than, well, Shea is that damn good, and and Chet is probably better than they imagined. So.
0: Yeah, sometimes we overcomplicate things because, like, why is the Thunder this good? Well, they have, like, one of the best five players uh, in the world. Uh, yep. Pardon if you hear any squeaking in the background. That is not me. That's uh, my dog, and I'm going to let her have a good time. Um, okay, <laughs> so here, here we go. On to J-Dub, Jalen Williams, he of Santa Clara.
1: I, and okay, okay, Joe. And oh are boy, these grade, These grades are relative to the team, right? Or are they relative to the league landscape? Or
0: here's kind of what I think. I think their grades are relative to expectations going into the year for them individually, based on how they played last year. Does that make any okay. sense? Yeah, it does, and I like that. I'm fine with that. So, J-Dub. I gave mm-hmm. J-Dub an A. Okay. Are you, are you say year, why? He was the rookie of the year runner-up last year, uh, and there has been no sophomore slump. Numbers are up across the board. Here are his shooting splits, 54%. Um, I, I I asked backwards, but anyway, shooting 54% <laughs> overall. Um, a crazy number from three, 84% from the foul line assists are up from 3.3 per game to 4.4 per game. We've seen him have more ball handling duties, more creation duties. And, um, you know, I think he had a bit of a slow start to the season was feeling things out. Um, but he's been on a heck of a hot streak. So I, uh, I'm a grader. I'm giving him an A.
1: No, um, that's real. And, and you, you, you touch on basically everything. Um,
0: wow, minutes, look at me. right. I don't you, even you, miss you.
1: You don't, which is crazy. Cause I don't know why I'm, I'm, I, I need the invoice for ghostwriting, but, uh, um, <laughs> J Dub, like we've talked about this creation leap all year, just the the responsibilities in it. Um, you know, aesthetically how it's looked, um, Second quarters and fourth quarters are obviously different responsibilities, and, and this dude has like really picked up the moniker of like fourth quarter dub because those minutes are obviously so pivotal um, for this team a lot of the time. But he just he really owns the he really owns those those moments, and um, like if you look at terms of ease getting to the, getting to their spots, um, I think there's maturity in that knowing. Where you're comfortable being able to get to those at will and we obviously we talk about shea like the mini pull up is his like nobody in the league does that with the same frequency and efficiency um just the combination of all those elements as him but like in terms of like regular star level frequency on that shot like J Dub is there he meets that criteria and He's like right there with Shea and efficiency. Like he's been really good at getting to that ten footer, that fourteen footer, that eight footer late in the game. Um, he's just showed a diff- different level of, of poise, I think, this year, um, to where like this dude is really, in my eyes, a star. Like I think, I think when we talked about the those the Ringers rankings, he was like top fifty or so, right? Like I I think yeah. that's fair to say now, and I think. Um, I think by the end of this year, he'll be at a point where, I don't know, I mean, there are some really bad teams in his league, but I think he'll be good enough to where you can drop him on a bad team, and he can arguably be that team's best player, and I think that dynamic in itself makes him the perfect third option for this team, and with this team's ambitions and everything, and I think that's, I think that's like, eye test, I think that's what people see, and it's why people are so bullish on this team.
0: Yeah, and at times he can be the team's, you know, second option on the offensive end. And we talk about a big three. It was a big one coming into the year. Um, and Chet and Dub have uh approached to, to make that an actual big three. This looks like it's gonna be a force for a long time to come. Next is Josh Giddy. I said C minus. Um I had I had C initially, I just changed it to see minus based on the criteria I just laid out from what, what are they doing based on what we thought they would be going into the year. And I would say relative to expectations, Giddy's been slightly below average, um, isn't as big of a part of the team as he was his, his minutes are down pretty sharply. Um, but on the positive end, also I'm, I'm just talking on the court here, just to make that clear. Um, He's shooting 37% for three, not a ton of attempts per game, but he's kind of quietly going about that. He's also averaging 12 points, six rebounds, five assists. I mean, pretty solid numbers, but he's just kind of on, we talked about him being a core piece. I'm not sure you could call him a core piece anymore uh, based on this, the first half of the season. So I went with C minus. C minus. Okay.
1: Okay. I think that's fair. I think that, the lowest I would dip is D plus. Um, I'm probably in that range. Um, most of that is based on his start of the season, which I imagine like some of the off course stuff we talked about. This just uh, leaking into his confidence possibly and just some of his overall mental space, which is it's an obvious um, factor in play. Like we just can't rule it out. Um, yeah. But like like generally like I think I've reached a point where like well, one because he he hasn't been the greatest. Um, I think people are just harping on every mistake now. Like his mistakes are magnified compared to to others. Um, yeah. And because the rest of the team has been so cohesive and and looks so good, and at his at his best, has been like like man, we don't need a trade. We don't need this. We don't need that. Um, it's left a, a odd man out or two. And I think in terms of the core five, like he's he's been that. I I think um, even his best games haven't really like his best games like he's had a good stretch as of late and so it's it's made me think like okay i think this team because i think they were always going to ride it out like the, the the lowry thing is like way far gone I don't, i'm don't, i not sure they ever even considered the idea that um and so like in terms of like making a, a move or two at the deadline um i think i was always okay with like watching this team ride out with giddy and not moving off of him at the deadline and just seeing um, seeing in a playoff series or two in real time, you know, his deficiencies and, and whether he he is the, the you know, the glaring um, hole in, in the offense or on the team, period. Um, but at the same time, I think I can watch him in his best stretches and know, like, okay, long-term, he's probably not a ceiling raiser. He's probably not the best long-term fit. I think he's fine right now. But I think it's also okay to acknowledge, like, this probably isn't the guy that when this team is ready to win the championship, I don't know that he'll be part of the team.
0: Yeah. I, I'm not sure either. And you know, that's okay because the list is pretty small outside of this top three. Um, you could convince me that anyone's going to stay or anyone's going to go. So, you know, based on it, and it is hard, like with the off court stuff, you know we haven't heard anything new on this i, I suppose the investigations are still ongoing i mean josh isn't really talking at all or you know don't, if he was wow. there's really nothing new to to ask about this but it is we're human so like he makes mistakes or it, it's very easy to say oh like you know josh giddy isn't the answer here and i think we're like being influenced by um kind of the, the news that's the, the off court stuff he's dealt with again, not knowing what's true and what's not, but it's kind of just human nature on that front. Yeah. Um, okay. Chet Holmgren. I'm giving that dude an A plus. Um, Ooh, an a plus. Wow. A plus. He's okay. Here's why he missed all of last season. with a foot injury. He was over a year removed from playing competitive basketball. Mm -hmm. Um, Summer League, you could definitely see the flashy moments. You could also see, okay, this offense, his offensive game is going to take a while to come around. And now here he is averaging 17.7 points per game, shooting 56, 39, 80 splits. Um, He's already among the best rim protectors in the NBA. And he's the second best player on one of the best teams in the league (coughs) as a rookie. So tell me how it's lower than a plus. Make make the argument.
1: I don't think I have one, bro. Because I think I've liked watching him more than anybody else on his team. Um, but I, but when I hear two a pluses, I do wonder, like, hey, like, are we are we soft graders? Like, are we not being as critical on the students as possible? Like, are we setting them up for failure because we're not really critiquing taking them as hard as we could be. Like that's that's what I wonder when I, I mean, hear there, two there, A pluses.
0: seven and twelve, a game out of first place. So like yeah. ha, you don't get that good if you don't have some some high grades, right? No,
1: this this is fair. This is fair. And you no, know, Chet um, is at the very least deserving of an A. I think um, for all the reasons you mentioned, I think that dude he could very well be like a top six center in the league right now, um, and oh, yeah. I think. Well, you say you say like y'all don't even see Joe's face, but he like he just lit up. He's like, oh yeah, of course, duh. top, six. top I mean, the, obviously that,
0: with that five, Jokic
1: that, and Embiid. That five, six, seven is like all interchangeable. It's, it's going to be these young guys like Shangoon and and Wimby. It's really like take your pick right now. I I mean I think Wemby's the better player, um, but I think Chet has definitely had the better season, especially relative to the. To the award race, which we won't talk about because those things are like it's just exhausting to talk about Jesus Christ. But um, go go through your list of centers right now because I I think it would be interesting to list well, have the off.
0: list. My list of centers off the top of my head, but I mean, obviously you have the clear cut top two, and, yeah, uh, the guys that have Yo-Ki-Chin won. Jokic all- and Embiid. Yeah, Jokic and Embiid. i mean you. You mentioned Wimby and Shangoon. I would have Chet. It's a bo- it's, it's a bonus. Better above those guys. I'd have. I'd have Chet above bonus. I'd have him above Gobert. I mean, is 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 he better than Shangun? I would have Bam ahead of Chet, probably.
1: Yeah, that's real. That's real. That's real. I would too.
0: So that's three. So I mean. So I it's maybe know. top five. Yeah, maybe top five.
1: Because I think. I, I think Wemby I mean I'm not a, a Shane Shangoon expert. I don't get to watch him every game, but from what I watch, I I I have I don't know. I'm just not in I'm not in Shangoon's corner like some other people. Um I do I do prefer watching Wemby and, and chat work. Uh I mean maybe I'll it's hard to, also, to rank if, those dudes.
0: If we're calling Anthony Davis a center, I'd put him above chat too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think we, uh, I don't think we are though. Um, but yeah, I mean the the fact we're having these conversations, um, in his, in his pseudo rookie years, like I think that says more than enough, um, in terms of shot blockers, he definitely ranks higher, um, on that list. I think, I think, and you, you know, I'm not a gambling man. I, I, I mean, I was squirming through that episode we did of over unders, but, um, <laughs> but Chet, I think as of late, as of yesterday, I think is like second in terms of odds. I don't know what sports book that was, but second, I, it might've been MGM second in defensive player of the year odds, which is insane for a rookie. I mean, yesterday, just yesterday, he passed uh he passed Serge Ibaka for the most uh, rookie blocks um, all time. The most blocks in the Well, okay. Not all time. I mean, it's a thunder record. So most thunder rookie Blocks yeah, rookie rookie. in a season, yeah, yeah, which is impressive because he did it, um, you know, half a season in. He still has another half a season to go, so who knows what that record will look like by the time he's he's finished with it. Um, he's just prolific, man. He's an anchor. He's a game changer, uh, and it team, like when you ask me to, when you ask for the number one reason why this team made the leap, the number one difference, it's him. I mean, Shea is obviously the engine. Uh, that makes this thing go but it's Chet is the difference i mean that they they, few teams have an anchor like that um and so to add that to this team which already like i find myself trying to rank their perimeter defenders every game because casein is really good it takes tough assignments shea is obviously who he is but he's also a great help defender Jalen williams takes on tough assignments i mean just in that boston game he switched in the fourth quarter between tatum and and Jalen brown like these dudes are are really tough and and Chet is the best defender of them all, which is insane to think about. Did you mention Dort? I don't think I did. Maybe I did. No, I don't think I did. Which is obviously like, like Dort is is their best perimeter defender. So, um, which yeah. which says a lot. And Chet still is the best defender of them all. I mean, he's he's one of the best defenders in the league already. Forty games in, so.
0: Yeah, I mean, you've got the best point of attack defenders in Dort playing in front of the best rim protectors in uh chet with j dub and Shay just wreaking havoc on the wing. So
1: yeah, that, so A A plus is fine. I think I guess we were hard enough on on Giddy.
0: Yeah, so so far so I gave wait we haven't we didn't do Dort, did we?
1: No we haven't. We've Lou done Dort. a victory and Giddy.
0: I was about to say do Dort. Uh <laughs> nice. Lou Dort. I'm giving Dort a B plus a lot of this to me is, I thought the hardest thing for Lou Dort was he, he got to, he got to go crazy the last couple of years, even especially before last year when, you know, last year they were close to a five hundred team, but in the rebuilding years before that, he had this outsized role. He was, you know, had a much larger role in the offense than we knew would translate to when they got good again. um, and you know, for Lou Dort to be successful, he had to realize that you know, he's the fifth option out there among the starters. Uh, his usage has has dropped quite a bit. I think he's taking more of the right shots, and he's shooting 46% overall and 42% from three. Both are career har- career high marks by a long, long way. Um, and he's still playing elite defense. So. um I said B plus. I don't know. A A felt a little generous, but um, I don't know where where are you at on Dort? Um, I'm high on Dort. Um, I do think
1: hmm, he's still an elite defender. Um, that much is true. You can argue that um, there have been some some lapses as of late. Um, but I think all that's done is maybe just um back. Chet's uh, spot as the team's best defender, but Lou is still um, clearly, I think, their best perimeter defender, um, and all that stuff that you mentioned about usage and and you know role definition is super important, just not only for this year but for the team's future because I do view him as a core piece for for this team moving forward. I think um, even you know with whatever case it might become, I think Lou keeping Lou, ensuring that his role is defined. Um, it's all necessary, and he's had a relatively good shooting year. Like I know what he used to shoot like. Like this is this is a really good shooting year for me. Even if every game, like may- maybe he's um, inconsistent on that front. Um, I don't know that everybody is so consistent um, this year. Isaiah Joe, um, as good of a shooter as he is, is can he can be streaky. And so Lou Lou Door, all, all, everything you mentioned for him um, is significant, and he's been better at the rim and, and shot selection um, then in past years. Like all, all that stuff has changed at a time when it really matters because you need some, I think the most important thing is knowing that your core knows who they are as you step into a stage where you're like, okay, what pieces do I surround them with? Like, will, who's yeah. Jang be here forever? Like who, knowing who your starters are and who the long-term guys are in that starting lineup, Is as important as anything because then you know, you know, do I have to keep Jay Will forever? Is Isaiah Joe a long-term guy? Like, who am I surrounding these guys with and and what deficiencies am I playing off of?
0: Obviously, Dort isn't the reason or one of the main reasons this offense hums, but he allows it to hum by taking the right shots. And if he wasn't taking the right shots, he probably wouldn't be playing all that much anymore because they're at the point where – You kind of have to fit in with with this system. And, you know, Mark has always been a big big backer of lose, as has Sam. They just love what he does defensively and the attitude he brings, all all of that uh, intangible stuff. So I've got three more guys on my list, Mm -hmm. Kaysen Wallace, Isaiah Joe, and Kenridge Williams. I want to run them very quick because I need to go soon. You mentioned Usman Jang, who is not on my list. And I just want to get your, like, general thoughts on him because he played quite a bit last night. He's bounced back and forth between the G League. He's sort of in this kind of, I don't know, he's sort of almost in limbo as far as, you know, still a developmental project on a team that is a lot better than we expected, a lot faster than we expected. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of a tougher environment for him to develop in. Where where are you at right now on Jang?
1: Yeah, um, I don't know if it's working as well as they would hoped it would. I, I obviously there are tools there. Um, it would be cool to see him develop, but I I just don't know that you know the, the position the Thunder's in. Like I don't know that they have to see him develop. I think it would be better for you know their farm system uh, if he worked out. Um, it would obviously be better money wise, um, cap wise, if he worked out and became a real good piece. Um, but I just, like, and I'm not going to rule him out as a good player yet, um, but the minutes yesterday just weren't great. The minutes um, as of late just haven't always been great. I would I would grade Aaron Wiggins higher, um, and obviously they're not, oh, yeah. you know, they're, as players they don't completely mirror each other, but um, I just think if you're if, – I think they're, they're both in similar spots in terms of, like, you know, would so-and-so get a DNP tonight, like Aaron Wiggins did tonight. Like, I think Aaron Wiggins – It's higher on the totem pole.
0: Yeah, also, if you know, last night's game one of a playoff series, like, you'd much rather have Aaron Wiggins out there than than Uzman Jang. Usman Jang, I don't think, would be in the playoff rotation. Um, Certainly not as of now. I still like the theoretical idea of Jang, but it's uh, all theoretical. It's kind of like where we were with, you know, Poku a couple of years ago. That didn't work out, and that's okay. And if Uzman Jane doesn't work out, the Thunder has, you know, so much talent on the roster that it's kind of crazy to say that, oh, it doesn't matter if this lottery pick works out well. It kind of doesn't. I mean, it's like an added bonus yeah. if he does. And if he doesn't, you're in great shape. So, um, exactly. All right. Uh, let's go quick through these guys. Just uh, baseline thoughts here. Cason Wallace, I gave him a B because he's. Quite frankly, playing more than I thought he would as a rookie. Mm -hmm. He's a rookie guard playing 21 minutes on a good team and good shooting splits. Really tailed off lately from three. I looked in December and January. He's shooting 31% from three. So obviously still being boosted by that hot start, but kind of hard to kind of nitpick uh, a rookie guard who's, you know, played meaningful minutes.
1: Yeah, fair enough. I'll give him a B um just because of that drop off.
0: Um, matches the ISS. I do think um You changed my mind. I'm 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 deleting the plus. I'm sorry, Case. <laughs> I I just think
1: um I think he benefited a lot from like I I, I don't know what it was, but like teams just early and often we're not defending him out there like and I think now that for so the game plan for I mean for a while he was like the, the most efficient shooter in the league um I think now they stepped out more uh they've understood his gravity out there and he's like become closer to average um and I do just I just think it hints toward you know the next step in his development which is um and you've seen like you've seen him kind of trickling into it but like um, you know, he'll he'll have a a one dribble step back or you know a yeah. side step or something. The, the next bounce. Yeah, the 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 next the next step is is more off the dribble stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, actually, I don't know if it'll ever get to the point where it's like real creation because there was one possession yesterday. I mean, it, <sighs> careers are long. Um, I'm not gonna say he can't be this. And I'm not gonna say it's gonna take forever for him to be this, but like there was a possession yesterday where he like tried to create and it was like good God. Um, so yeah. like it, it's early, um, but that is the next step for him to be that real threat in this rotation and for him to be like a over the top. Like man, he belongs in this rotation. He is uh, ahead of the curve. Like that's that's the next step for for defenses that now are overplaying him or whatever the case may be.
0: Yeah. Like he can make the obvious pass, but you'd like to see more off the dribble. Guy closing out, he 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 attacks the closeout, play makes in some way makes an extra pass, and but that doesn't yeah. seem super comfortable, uh, just yet for him. So and, and,
1: and he is a he's just a generally smart player though. I'll give him that. He'll have he has crazy effort plays, which is making me want to lean toward the plus, but I'm still gonna be firm and – and go with B, but like he did, the fact he can step out on on Bron and and um uh, you 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 said it he, he'll make the right read. There's been a few times this year where he'll like catch himself completely under the rim, like almost trapped, and he'll still find a way to get the ball out to to not just reset, but like to find an open man. So he's he's just a smart player to this point, and I wouldn't
0: rule out that
1: that creation um, sooner than later um, as a
0: result. So Isaiah Joe, B plus. Are you going to talk me into knocking the plus off of this one?
1: I'll hear your reasoning first.
0: Okay, my reasoning uh, behind the B plus. Isaiah Joe's shooting 41% from three on five attempts per game. And it's it's basically as simple as that. Like on a team that drives as much as they do, the Thunder's led the, the NBA in drives each of the last four seasons. Uh, You've got to have someone to kick out to, to, to provide that spacing for guys like SGA and Dub. Um, and when SGA and Isaiah Joe are on the floor together, good things happen. So that, that's my case for Isaiah Joe hashtag more than a shooter.
1: It's a pretty good one. And I think if there was a, if there was a space between B plus and just a regular B, I think I'm throwing him in there. I'm, I'm steering away from the plus because I, like I mentioned earlier, I do think he's streaky. Um, it comes with volume shooting, but, um, I think of like nights like yesterday. I don't remember what he was. Maybe like 0 for 5 or something like that. It it it, it wasn't great, uh, but he ha- he'll have nights like that, and then he'll have like entire months like November when he was like a demigod. So um, I think overall like he's he's become one of the um, great spot up shooters in the league with his contract. I think he a, a lot of teams would would favor him. Um, I know um, you know Philly is like probably up in arms about their whole situation Um, or maybe not because they let him walk so freely, but um, yes, he's been good. Um, I think more of why I'm comfortable with your B plus thing is the, the effort plays. He gets some insane rebounds. Some of the rebounds he gets, I just, I don't know how he ends up with them. Um, And he's, he's a good effort player. I don't know that he, uh, he doesn't have the frame obviously to be like a door or somebody like somebody super impactful on the perimeter. But I think he does what he can, which is uh something to note, so he's he's a in between b plus and B for me.
0: He's got a super slight frame and like competes yeah. hard defensively, which you know you have to if you've you're at that physical disadvantage. Um, I'm leaving the plus uh good try, but you no good for thing. you. and you
1: know what? You're what's wrong with our education system.
0: I'll tell you what I mean no one would be packing classes if if you were the one in charge of our education system oh
1: uh, you you don't think so? <laughs> I'll start a class at o u right now
0: all right, last one, and this would might be generous uh-huh. Kenridge Williams I gave him a c minus uh bit of wow. weird... okay maybe, maybe i'm hey, let me let me give you my case injury to start the year um just kind of a weird season for him his minutes. Um, are down. He's averaging seven fewer minutes per game this season than last. I still think he's an integral part of the team. Um, you know, heart and soul of the locker room, all that stuff that, you know, y- you might kind of smirk at. Joel's probably smirking at it right now. Um, <laughs> Joel can't does, see me right now, by the way. He he does have, Uh, you know, he's a, he's a leader of this team, a bet that they have to have. But, <clears throat> yeah he, uh, and here's another good thing he's shooting 43% from 3 um so maybe i should go see but it's just like i feel like you're not we're not feeling kenrich williams as much as we did last year um and maybe i'm getting too clouded by this but the free throw stuff is insane like it, it's not a huge problem because he's not going to go to the line a lot anyway but he is totally avoiding contact whatsoever because i think he just has no intention on getting to the free throw line where he is shooting 30 percent. and yes i know that's a small sample three of 10 but that's part of the problem is that you know he's you know played the eighth most minutes on this team and he's only attempted 10 free throws all season um but i don't know what 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 do you have for kenrich he's hard to grade it's interesting,
1: Joe. Um I'll I'll go a little higher. I'll go see um I think some of the impact um stuff that you mentioned part of that is like dude like if you have to be the the next act after Chet like it's just generally hard anyway um to to even be in the same ballpark as that level of uh, impact. But I do think just his general availability um and um, what he offers, like, in terms of what Mark wants to do with the s- small ball stuff, um, how much he stretches the floor, um, just being their most reliable, I guess, backup big man like that. I, I think that enough is, uh, you know, enough for me to make him higher than a C minus. I mean, you just said Giddy was a C minus. I know get, get, relative to their standards. I think I would grade Cambridge higher than Giddy. Not to say he's had a better season than Giddy or whatever, Give him whatever. a C case plus.
0: Maybe. Don't don't be don't tip around it then. No, I'm
1: not giving him a C plus. I'm giving him a C, which is already okay. better than your grade. But you, um yes just
0: no, no it's not. It's not Joel, because you know what I have for kids You said C minus. A C. I just changed it. You convinced me.
1: Oh, wow, you're ridiculous. <laughs> Can you get off my coattails? But anyway, uh
0: Basically, I Knocked Casean Wallace from a B plus to a B because of you, but where Casean Wallace lost, Kenridge Williams gained because he went from a C minus to a C.
1: Be your own person, though so. But I, I I do think the the free throw point you make is interesting. Like I don't know what his numbers were last year, not efficiency, but like frequency. He hasn't had like the reason we don't talk about the free throws because he does He is trying like different methods. Like I told him about it yesterday, like, he's trying different methods. Like, like in, in Phoenix he was doing um a very unorthodox routine. Um, as of late, this past month and change, like he's shooting off the backboard in in their practice gyms. Like you won't see this stuff because he's not getting the opportunities in games and if they are, they're like really fleeting moments. I mean ten free throws relative to a season's amount of shots and free throws, as many free throws as Shea shoots, um like you're you're never gonna remember a single free throw he shot. But it's it's interesting because he is he's clearly going through something with himself in terms of trying to solve that and trying to you know remedy the whole routine and and there are some guys who really struggle with that I know Sohan like last year went to the the one hand like Cambridge is kind of like in in one of those boats where he like just trying anything that will work it, it's it's super interesting and I just um you just make a a good general point
0: well maybe he should. Steps back because he's 43 percent from three point range, which uh, 13 points better than he is from the free throw line. Uh, it is it is strange, though, that's a, those are nice tidbits of information, though, from from the road, seeing how Kenrich is um, trying out new things. I mean, we're we're really not able to to see it in game. So at least you're seeing it in practices, shoot arounds, those type of things, uh, Joel, before we get off of here. I'll give you an A plus is uh is the Oklahomans beat writer. Wait you too B? kind. Did I say A plus or B plus?
1: You said A plus, dude What? You just said that ten seconds ago.
0: <laughs> I, I know, but like in the final. So I you like, really, really wanted to give a me a plus? B
1: plus. Okay.
0: No, A plus. A plus all the way. If I could if I could do A plus plus, I would.
1: Oh, well, good grief. I'm not gonna give you an Apple teach, but I I appreciate the uh the love and I, I don't know what I did to deserve it. I'm I I didn't, I like I didn't uh, very cool, Joe. Nice you tidbit. I like right. no, not really. But Joe, I um I don't know if I, I don't know if I deserve that that grade. Um I don't know that I made I don't know that I'm the, the chat leap the Oklahoma needed. I'm just I'm just trying. Maybe I'm more of a casing. Um but you're but you're you're shade, Joe. Like you're you're A plus all the way. Jesus.
0: Alright, enough of this mushy stuff. Uh <laughs> we'll have coverage um from from the old crypt on Tuesday night. We'll be He's not a- saying
1: crypt, it's the Crypt.
0: The no crypt. T. Yes. Yeah, but it's crypto. Okay, but
1: so, Joe, this is this is why one of our listeners and I never told the pod the story, but this is why one of our listeners called Joe a square. Because <laughs> dude. Can you just? Crypt is on brand with LA, bro. It's the crypt.
0: Dude, okay. Crypt. The crypt. Jesus Christ. The, the crypt. <laughs> See, this is why I call it staples. Okay. Or, or some say the Stape.
1: They, jeez, this is this is why they say I'm getting Joe out of his shell. <laughs>
0: All right. Thank you for listening to the Buddy's Buddies podcast. We will be back with you later this week for more of this uh, entertaining discussion. We appreciate you guys for listening in, and we'll talk to you later.